Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. We are back. It's season four. Woo! We had a nice long break. Yes. How's everyone doing? Happy fall. Ha- how have you been? Did you miss us? <laughs> I mean, has everyone been as busy as we have been? Well, I mean, school started. Yeah, we it's had a to lot. move kids to college. Mm-hmm. It was busy. I mean, September is always a busy month. Right. Even my husband was saying like, I forgot how busy September was. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's really crazy. And having a little break from Him Talk Twin Talk definitely helped. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we loved hearing from you guys yes. because we've been really still active on social yeah, media. Yeah, we try to be. Thank you for all the love on social mm-hmm. media. Thank you for participating in our Him Talk Twin Talk trivia, trivia contest. contest. You know, when you participate in the Him Tr- Talk Twin Talk trivia contest, there is a space for you to give us a request for a future episode. So we heard you. We will definitely be showcasing your requests during season four. Right. So thank you. Thank you. So we always like to start our new seasons with some new things. Yes. Season four has some new stuff. We're excited about it. So we have a new sound. (laughs) You know how much we love our sounds, you guys. Never, never enough sounds. <laughs> so we have this sound. <clears throat> Attention, please. And every time you hear that, it means that you're hearing an actual quote that we found. <laughs> Someone actually said it. It's not just Carrie and I talking. Right. I mean, when you hear a quote, when you read a quotation, right. Kelly, it, it, it there's some like weight to it. Right. It's, this is amazing. These are the actual words. Right. And usually it's in quotation marks, so you see it right away. But when we're talking, we need to kind of announce it. So this sound... Attention, please. Will be our new quote sound. And the other new thing we're adding, it's your favorite thing that we want you to take with you. It's like a takeaway. Right. So we're calling it a A hymn take. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll share our hymn takes with you, and you can share your hymn takes with us. Right, right. Something that is important to us might not be the same thing for you. So you might have your very own hymn take. And of course, we're going to see if Carrie and I really have twin telepathy (laughs) and pick the same hymn takes each week. (laughs) (laughs) So season four is super exciting. We have these new sounds, but we are also launching today on our very first episode of season four, our giveaway. I mean, it's not like it's the first time we've given things away. No, no, no. It's but not. this is a full-on contest. Yes. You all can like the post that you see on social media, mm-hmm. comment on it, and share it. And yep. you will automatically be entered to win these amazing hymn note cards. Yes. Now, Carrie found this artist online. Yep, she's from Nashville, and she is she does beautiful work, Kelly, and yeah. she loves the hymns. So all of her artwork is inspired by the hymns. Right, and Carrie bought a package because, of course, if it's about hymns, we want it. I mean, I love my cards. Right. I love them. And then we ended up meeting the artist, mm-hmm. and we're so excited because... 
We're going to talk to her today. Yeah, her name's Kate Whitley. Now, she has so many hymns that she features with her artwork, but we decided to pick one hymn for this episode Mm -hmm. to talk about with her and to share with all of you. It may not be the most well-known hymn we've ever done. Now, so weird, because it is not in our hymnal. Right. Carrie and I don't really have strong memories of singing it, but yet we both knew it. I I totally know the song. I don't know where. We don't know how we know it, but we know it. And we think that there are probably listeners out there that are the same way. No, maybe it's not in your hymnal right now. And maybe you don't know where you heard it, but you do know it. You know, it is very memorable. Yeah. I think that tune sort of stays with you. So maybe th- maybe I only heard it once or twice, mm-hmm. but it just has stuck with me. Maybe it's memorable and maybe it's a little unique. The hymn is, are we going to tell everyone? Yes, let's tell them. Oh, oh the, the deep, deep, deep love of, of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, so it's definitely featured on Kate's note cards. So mm-hmm. the winner of the contest will be receiving them. So there's a couple of things that make this hymn stand out even though it's not in our hymnal and we don't remember singing it. (laughs) First of all, the hymn is in a minor key. You do not see minor keys that often. Mm -hmm. It really does stand apart from other hymns. Mm -hmm. You don't expect it to be in a minor key. Yeah. Now, when I talk about minor keys with my students, okay, here we have a musical nerd moment. M&M's, always fun. (laughs) Because maybe not everyone knows what a minor key even means, Mm -hmm. but a minor key is based on a certain scale And when I talk about it with my students, I play it for them and I have them use describing words of what this minor key sounds like. And I mean, what's the biggest word that people use to describe minor? Most people just say sad. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes my students will say mysterious, you know, Mm -hmm. or sometimes they'll say creepy, Mm -hmm. but the overwhelming word is sad. But digging into this hymn and hearing this minor key and kind of doing some research on it, I don't hear sad when I hear it. Neither do I. But I definitely hear emotional. Mm-hmm. Emotional. And maybe if it was in a major key, it wouldn't carry that kind of emotion. Right. And I think that's why people are drawn to it. So along with finding this artist who creates these beautiful note cards, we also found a connection with a musical group that does the song. Mm-hmm. They're called Indelible, Indelible Grace. Grace. And we're going to hear their performance of it at the end of the episode. Right. Like many hymns from the past, the words were originally a poem. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of poetic language. The way he describes Jesus, the way he describes his love. And I feel like these words are just so beautiful. It's hard to explain Jesus's love for us. It's unlike any earthly love that we can find. And so how do we describe it? We use art forms. We use poetry. We use music, and like our friend, the artist, we use visual art. Right. And she does an amazing job of this. Right. She's a graphic designer. So we're going to chat with her for a little bit. We're so excited that you guys get to hear from her Mm -hmm. and learn about her artwork. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's just play the interview, Cal. Okay. All right. This is Kate Whitley from Little Things Studio. All right, everybody, we're so happy to have Kate Whitley here from Nashville, Tennessee. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> Yay! 
Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. Hi. So, Kate, I said that you were from Nashville, but you're really not from Nashville. You're you're recently moved there. Tell us where you're from. We moved eight years ago. I don't know if I'm ever going to say I'm from Nashville. Uh I think that's some deep southern small town. I'm from a small town in Mississippi (laughs) called Yazoo City. Yazoo City, Mississippi. All right, well, we have been talking about your cards. So I have your cards right here, and I love them. And I especially love the color, your color stories, really, on all the cards. But the color story of the deep, deep love of Jesus, I just think is, like, perfect for fall. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to share this with our listeners. Tell Mm. us a little bit about your artistry, how you came up with this business, this little thing studio. I started, um, well, went back to school in graphic design at, 27 and 26 no 27 i rolled over my 401k i was working in the corporate offices of a bank in jackson mississippi and i had a quarter life crisis and at 26 and when i was 27 i rolled over my 401k and went to school to get my second undergraduate degree in graphic design my first undergrad is in public relations with a business minor oh so there you go you have that business background right yes yes oh when i come from a long line of entrepreneurs on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, my great-grandfather. It Mm. just keeps going. So it was in my blood to run my own business. Yeah, of course. I'm not good at letting someone boss me around. I like (laughs) to be bossed. I went back to school and my goal was just to become um, an ad exec at a small firm in Jackson, Mississippi and at an advertising firm, be a graphic designer there. That was Mm. what I wanted. I started Little Things Studio in college because I did a little craft show with a few other friends. I rented a booth at it's a little local art show and we split the booth fees like it was $20 each for each of us. Nice. And I made a bunch of prints and I made $700 in one day, which is a fortune for a college student. Yes. Wow. And um, I just kept on making prints and I got free paper from the university because <laughs> university printing was about to go out of business. Like, and I hand cut every print myself. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, did, I didn't even have business cards on my first show um, or for my first few shows or a business name. Because again, I thought my goal was to become a graphic designer at an ad agency in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, well, God had um, another plan, didn't he? Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. So one of the things I heard you say uh, was, depending on what your childhood art experience is like, you get this idea that you might not, you're probably not good at art because you're not good at the way, at what they taught. So if you're oh, not, yeah. if you're not a good drawer, then you're like, oh, I mustn't be good at art. If you're not good at watercolors, oh, I'm not good at art. So you had this period of time where you really didn't think you were that great at art until you found graphic design, until you found computers, until you found this new yes. way to make art. Yes. I think that's so awesome. I think more people need to hear that because yes. I think for music, it's the same way. Right. I'm not good at music right. because I took saxophone lessons and I couldn't play it, you know, when I was 10. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that you found your art or your mm-hmm. art found you. Yes. And I thought I had to have bubble. I call it sorority girl. No, right. I like the sorority girls, but it's this bubbly, cutesy sorority girl handwriting. And that's not, I was, that was never me in the nineties. And that, um, yeah, I was, that was, I was never good at that. I, I, I wasn't super cutesy. <laughs> um, what I found that I got drawn to in, in school was 
And it all started out of a, a children's book illustration that I did in college. Mm, nice. Um, that my husband, my husband and I met in graphic design. He's oh. my best friend. And yeah. And we were in class together. He's also seven years younger than me because I went back to school. Oh, because you were school. older. Nice. <laughs> yes, I am. So he and my other best friend, Tim, the two of them looked at this illustration. I did this elaborate border of the flyway horse, and I did it very much in my style that you see now. And my husband is the reason I started doing hand lettering because I used to not. And then when we got married, he said, you need to hand letter our invitation. And that was a wonderful and awful thing to tell me. <laughs> That's a lot of work. That's a lot of pressure. And, and I, but it made me better and yeah. it made me more comfortable. So then I got better and more confident mm -hmm. and not using fonts and instead hand lettering. Uh, yeah, I hand draw every letter. Everything is hand drawn. I don't know how to make a font. <laughs> um, um, in the uh, there are apps that you can make typography, but I know enough to know I'm that's a level of detail I don't want to do. So I'd rather just draw the law of the letters. <laughs> so did you start with cards and hymns, or how did that come about? Yeah, how did you be art prints, art prints, and I used to have mostly non-Christian, just like Louisa May Alcott. Right, they weren't against Jesus, but they weren't outright. Hymns. Right, right. Does that make sense? Of course. And so I decided to do a hymn calendar in right. the fall of 2013 to sell it in 2014. And I was initially wanting to do a World War II one because I, I, I love World War II. <laughs> I love studying war. I love history. I'm a nerd. Anyway, so, anyway sorry. I, I just love Winston Churchill. <laughs> so I did a hymn calendar. And I, um, and it sold out and I reordered it four more times for the rest of the year. Like people kept asking for it. Wow. And I was like, okay, this hymn calendar is hot. And so then out of that, I, I made prints of mm -hmm. the hymns. And then I eventually got into making cards. And I was like, well, if you're going to do a card, you need to tell the hymn story on right. that. Right, right. Um, I didn't intend to go into this in the hymn business. Not that I'm anti hymn by any means. I absolutely love it. But I did not set out expecting right. this is where I'm going to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I, because I also think I'm happy to be in this lane mm. because I'm very much about being honest mm -hmm. and I don't like fluffy, everything's going to be okay cards. I hate that. Right. Like I hate hate it because <laughs> um, I'm like it's not gonna be okay right. until we get to heaven right. okay right. <laughs> like so don't silver line and downplay someone's grief right. in the midst of that and I think hymns have a beautiful way just like the Psalms do mm -hmm. of being in the darkness and being in the muck and mire and also saying I'm gonna tell you where your hope has to be right. and right. not in everything is going to be okay. Right. Just you saying that just now, it makes me think like, what a beautiful card for to encourage someone yeah. during maybe a loss or, right. or some other tragedy in their life. You send them the card of, oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Right. What more, what more opportune moment is there to be reminded of, of Jesus's love for you? Right. right. So yeah. we 
have loved diving into the deep, deep love of Jesus. Yes. So we're talking Absolutely. about the hymn writer, the, the text yes. writer, Samuel yes. Trevor Francis, and the music writer, Thomas John Williams. Um, yeah, do you have anything specific you'd like to share about that? Because you chose to put that, and again, I think the fall colors are super pretty, and I know our listeners will want to win this giveaway. Yes. <laughs> Well, I just think it's it's not a pithy Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. It is a deep, literally a deep, yeah. deep mm-hmm. love of Jesus to go into the level that you just really can't fathom. Mm-hmm. And I love going to the ocean. I love getting to go to the beach because it's every time I go to the beach, as cliche as that sounds, I do think about this hymn yeah. because you think about how just vast and deep a be- uh, an ocean is. And we hadn't even explored the bottom. We need to use it. We need to throw as many words as we can to, as to the love of Jesus. Yeah. Our, our cards do get given a lot. Yeah. And all of our products do. And we sometimes write the handwritten notes to people because they'll put a little notes in the instructions like write this. Oh, yeah. So it'll get sent. We'll find out someone's had a miscarriage. Someone's dying of cancer. Someone has lost someone to cancer. Someone is facing cancer. Someone is facing grief, a divorce. We all face grief. Yeah, that a hymn, essentially the word of God is the only place that can go into that darkness, into that loss. So I think that's why it's such a sweet one. It's a perfect way to say, like, my saying whatever I'm about to say is not going to address your level of pain, but mm-hmm. only the Lord can go as deep as you need him to go. Yeah. Now, did you sing this as a child in that yeah. church growing up? Actually, no. No, it's not that common of a hymn. When, you know, doing our research, we always look into it. It is published it, in 51 hymnals, which yes. we have hymns that are published in thousands. So, Comparatively, it's not that much. So, uh, did you? We didn't sing it. I don't remember singing so, it as a child. No, no, not as a child, but definitely as an adult. Yeah, I learned it really from Indelible Grace, right? From right. Katie Hudson's, Katie Bowser's recording. We're going to talk a little bit about Indelible Grace because now you've made a fan of all of us, right? We're going to share yeah. her performance. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's exquisite. Right. I. She goes to my church. What? what? You, we didn't know that. She's we, my friend. Yeah, she's my friend. We have to interview her on the oh podcast. Oh, gosh. Now we'd you, love to meet you. I mean, not for nothing, but now we're your friend. So basically, we're her friend, too. <laughs> yeah. oh, she'll love you. She'll think y'all are hilarious. That's she fantastic. is so funny. Oh, you're going to love Katie Hudson. Yeah. I've gotten to know her because we got in Bible study together, and I'd been listening to her for years, and I'm like, oh, you're Katie Bowser. Oh, my And she was goodness. like, oh, you make a hymn calendar. And we're friends. She's Aww. wonderful. I yes. know her. I know her. <laughs> yeah. that, what a great connection. Oh, yeah. That She's, doesn't really I, happen so in the Northeast. to live in Nashville. I know. so neat to live in Nashville. I really feel that way. I feel like every time you talk to like a Christian musician or yeah. it, it's happening in Nashville. It's true. It's yeah. not happening yeah. in Boston. It's not. But we got to fix it's that, not. Cal. Y'all got Harvard and MIT. <laughs> Y'all are starting a revolution with your artificial intelligence. <laughs> That's right. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, Kate, this was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like God just wanted us to meet, yes. wanted us to connect, and wanted us to share our ministries because I think our listeners are going to love your artwork. I can't wait to to post the pictures on, on social media. Yep, and then we're going to have a giveaway so our followers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook can enter our contest. <laughs> 
and two lucky winners will receive four of your Oh the Deep Deep Love of Jesus cards. And Kate, okay. we are going to share all your information yep. with our listeners. They can find you on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, and the website. And we're going to yep. send people your way. The name of the company is Little Things Studio. There you go. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Y'all too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that wonderful? Yes. I mean, how about her accent? I, I love talking to these people from the South. I know. And she said the name of her city in Mississippi like five times, and we still couldn't we say still it right. We still can't say it. Yazoo. 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 Mississippi. Yazoo. She was just lovely to talk to. I'm so excited to give away her card. Yes. So remember, you guys, be watching on social media for t- Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, when you see that giveaway post, you're going to like it, share it, retweet it, um, and we'll enter your name in a contest. We want to send you her cards. Yes. All right, so now we're digging into this hymn that we really were inspired from her. Mm -hmm. She loved it so much. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, the the deep, deep love of Jesus. Jesus. Do you want to read the words, Kelly? Yeah, we should, because I feel like people might not know it. All right, so these words were written by a poet named Samuel Trevor Francis, and the original poem, Cal, had eight verses. Wow. I mean, it was was long. But then when it became a hymn, it was kind of whittled down to three verses, so you're going to read all three. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to play the music in the background. Listen to this minor melody and how it goes with these words. I think you guys are going to really love it. All right, here we go. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward, to my glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, Spread his praise from shore to shore. How he loveth, ever loveth, changeth never, nevermore. How he watches o'er his loved ones, died to call them all his own. How for them he intercedeth, watcheth o'er them from the throne. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every love the best. Tis an ocean vast of blessing, tis a haven sweet of rest. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, tis a heaven of heavens to me, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to thee. I mean, Kara, I don't know which one I like better, the words or the melody, the tune. They're both really beautiful and different and unique. Kelly, you don't have to choose. (laughs) You can just like them both. I feel like I have to pick one. Why? (laughs) Do you ever feel that way about other hymns? Why do you feel so, like, pushed to choose one? (laughs) Okay, okay, forget I mentioned it. (laughs) Let's see how everyone feels about the guy who wrote the words. Yes. All right, so his name was Samuel Trevor Francis. So, Samuel was born on November 19th, 1834, in Hertfordshire, England. 
when he was just a small kid, his family moved to Hull, England. Now, okay. does Hull sound familiar? Yes. Hull. We talked about we Hull. We did. We talked about Kingston upon Hull mm-hmm. when we studied Henry Ernest Nickel, who wrote the song. We have a story story to tell tell to to the nations. nations. That was a great missionary hymn requested to us by our friend Sandra. Kelly, do you remember? Yes. And that was episode 21. And we actually talked a lot about Hull. Now, we have a lot of Samuel's writings. He wrote about his childhood and learning from his mother. He said that the mother and the grandmother would teach him the letters of the alphabet using the Bible as the textbook. I love that. And the mother had this prayer life, and he just said he would never forget it. So this is what he says. Attention, please. One of my earliest recollections is going with my eldest brother into my mother's room and made to kneel with her while she poured out her soul in earnest supplication that her boys might grow up to be God-fearing men. Aww. (laughs) Now, at the age of nine, he actually joined the church choir in Hull with his father and his brother. Uh, Another choir singer. We love him. Now, as a teenager, he moved to London, and he had this apprenticeship with with a doctor. It's what his father wanted him to do. It's what his father pushed him to do. Mm. And then his father died. So Samuel left medicine and just got a job in London. But he was deeply troubled. He was deeply, this life was not the life he wanted. You know, I think there was probably some grief over losing the father, guilt over feeling like he was disappointing him, you know, even in death because he wasn't becoming a doctor. And he writes this. We have another quote. Oh, wow. (laughs) Attention, please. We found this sound just in time. (laughs) (laughs) He says... I was on my way home from work and had to cross Hungerford Bridge to the south of the Thames. It was a winter's night of wind and rain, and in the loneliness of that walk, I cried to God to have mercy upon me. Mm. Staying for a moment to look at the dark waters flowing under the bridge, the temptation was whispered to me, make an end of all this misery. I drew back from the evil thought And suddenly a message was born into my very soul. You do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? I at once answered, I do believe. And I put my whole trust in him as my savior. Instantly there came the reply, then you are saved. And with a thrill of joy, I ran across the bridge, burst through the turnstile and pursued my way home, repeating the words again and again, then I am saved, then I am saved. I mean, that is an exact quote. There are many people who read that who believe he would have killed himself that day. He Mm. would have jumped into those dark waters. Now, after that conversion, he joined a Plymouth Brethren Assembly in Kennington. Kelly, does the Plymouth Brethren sound at all familiar to you? Yes, I do think it does, but I don't think I can come up with where I heard it. Well, as soon as I read about Plymouth Brethren, I knew exactly where I read it before. Oh, Where? It was when we were talking about Joseph Scriven and what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah. 
So Joseph Scriven was a member of the Plymouth Brethren. If you want to look them up, the church is still active. You mm-hmm. can find congregations all over the world. But basically, they were independent gatherings that sprang up in the early 19th century of England. They really focused on the teachings of the New Testament and the sacrament of Holy Communion. Mm-hmm. The Plymouth Brethren have no paid clergy. There's no hierarchical structure. So if someone is gifted to preach, they preach. Right. And so our guy, Samuel, was a gifted preacher. So he would do these open-air meetings. Um, and he did this for basically the next 73 years of his life. Wow. And not only did he do this all over England, he went to Canada, Australia, Palestine, Egypt, wow. and North Africa. And now I think this is a fun fact. Okay. When D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey came to England during their great London campaign from 1873 to 1874, he would help. And there were times that he even filled in for Ira Sankey and led praise. Wow. (laughs) Obviously a super talented man of God. I mean, he had the gift of words, obviously, Mm -hmm. whether it was speaking or writing. Mm -hmm. And you know what's cool? A lot of hymn writers don't have this, but he, in his lifetime, he saw his hymns get published. He saw his hymns get music added to them. He heard his hymns sung in church. Right. Now, we know that he didn't do the music for this hymn, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. Right. So now we have to find out about this guy. And, you know, there's a very real personal reason of why I'm just (laughs) attached to this guy. His name is Thomas Thomas John John Williams. Williams. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you a little bit... (laughs) Both of our dads, who, of course, we featured on episode 30, 30. his name is Thomas Thomas John. John. (laughs) How many Thomas Johns are there? Well, here's another fun fact. (laughs) My oldest child, who you guys just a few days ago Mm -hmm. turned 21. 21. His name is Thomas John. I know. So whenever I saw this, I was like, wow, that's so cool. Well, it's funny because when I was doing my research, you know, I found Thomas J. Williams. Right. And I was like, I wonder if the middle name is John. Right. <laughs> and then it was. It is. So I, do you think we should just call him TJ throughout the episode? Yes, yes, yes. TJ. TJ Williams. <laughs> he was from Wales. Right. So I wonder if there's a lot of Welsh men named Thomas John. <laughs> or was that like a really unique name in Wales? Maybe. We're going to talk a lot about Wales. I mean, this is another place we should visit. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Thomas John Williams. He was born on April 25th, 1869 in Pontardui, Wales. I would venture to bet any amount of money that that's pronounced incorrectly. I know, you guys. We're our Welsh listeners. They need to tell us how to pronounce these things. I feel like all we're doing is talking about old episodes, but back in season one, do you remember, Kelly? Yes. We talked about a Welsh song, Welsh hymn, episode five, Guide Me, O Thou Thou Great Jehovah. Jehovah. And I actually spoke with a Welsh minister who helped me with all the pronunciation. Because... It is the way you pronounce these words is nothing like the way they're spelled out. Nothing. No, the alphabet is so different from ours. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking (laughs) Pontardui is not right. Yeah. But at least Thomas John's name. Yeah, I know we can do his name. You know, every so often we hear from a listener who corrects us on our pronunciation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we just. 
get yeah. such a kick out of it because, you know, we don't know. Feel free to con- feel free feel to free. write us and let us know what yeah. we've done wrong. <laughs> All right. So TJ yes. um, married his wife, Margaret Williams, mm-hmm. um, in June of 1890, and they had three children. Now, TJ had a lot of jobs. It's like he <laughs> couldn't decide what he wanted to do. He was an engine stoker. Okay. He was a coal miner hewer. Okay. He was an insurance businessman. I mean, in the insurance business, he continued until his retirement. Well, he got probably sick of doing those other jobs. They were hard and hot, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but he went to music school. Yay. So here's a fun fact. He went to the Tonic Soul Fa College in so 1897. Like, tonic, which is dough. Dough. And then soul. Soul. S-O-L in soulfish. Yeah. And then fa, F-A. Yeah. yeah. And it's in London. The college still exists, Kelly. It's called <laughs> Kerwin College of Music, but it's really based on this pedagogical technique for teaching sight singing, tonic sol fa. Do, do sol fa. Yeah, but basically it's movable do. Basically, that's the biggest musical nerd moment we've had ever. <laughs> do, sol Fa. Tonic sofa is basically just m- movable dough. Right, which Wh- is what I exclusively do with my students. Yes, I totally prefer movable dough. When I did undergrad, I did have to do fixed dough for a period of time. And I never, ever learned fixed dough. I think it would, it would, it's it would weird. freak my brain out. Movable dough makes so much sense. Yeah. Um, if you have a preference out there, fixed <laughs> or movable, please let us know. Hashtag fixed dough, hashtag movable, movable dough. dough. Um, but what's really interesting, it's not just about using the syllables to sight sing, it really is an entirely new way of notating music. Right. I mean, it seems so confusing to me. I know. And the whole college was based on these principles. Right. And that's where he got his associate's degree. Okay. So he ended up studying composition with a fairly well-known organist composer named David Evans. Okay. Do you know the name David Evans? Um, is he the one who owns like a, a string of re- restaurants? What? David Evans. There's, a, there's something Evans. Bob Evans, Tony Evans, Dave Evans. No. I, I have to look it up. What are you talking about? We, we ate at one of these restaurants when we were traveling. All right. So it says here, Bob Evans Restaurants, known as Bob Evans, is an American chain of restaurants <laughs> old and owned by Golden Gate Capital yes. based in Ohio. Yeah. Based in Ohio. Okay. So Bob Evans. I don't think they're related, Kelly. Uh, they could be. <laughs> All right. So... Dave Evans, I just think this is really neat. You're taking composition lessons with this man in Wales, Mm -hmm. and it's Dave Evans. He, it's because of him that we have our harmonic arrangements of two very famous hymns. So, Come Christians Join to Sing. Love it. Come Christians Join to Sing. Alleluia, amen. So that's a Spanish folk tune. And the only reason why we have it arranged for him was because of David David Evans. Evans. So he's studying with him, which I think is so cool. Mm -hmm. And then he becomes his, you know, the organist and the choir master at his own churches in Wales. Nice. The Mount Elim Chapel, which is still there. Wow. The Zion Baptist Chapel. Now, while he was there, he really arranged his hymns and wrote choir anthems and cantatas. He did a lot. And then lastly, 
at the Calfaria Chapel. And this is where he retired and, and yeah, he worked there the rest of his life. Now, the tune to Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus is actually called Ebenezer. And that was a chapel that he went to as a child. I learned something about the chapels in Wales. This is a fun fact. Okay. So in Wales, a church, if it was called church, was a church that was of the Church of England or the Church of Wales. So any church that wasn't part of that, you know, denomination, it was called a chapel. So in our culture, when we hear chapel, we might think of something small, Mm -hmm. something little quaint, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's not the case. These chapels in Wales could hold 600, 1,000, 1,500 people. They were not little. It only meant that they were not part of the Church of England. So it's almost like those other denominations weren't allowed to use the word church. Church. Right. Right. So if you go to Wales today, which, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we would. Yeah, okay. where's, where's our captain? This is your captain You'll see these huge chapels mm-hmm. in relatively small towns. Mm-hmm. There'll actually be four or five of them holding, like I said, th- a thousand people. Wow. And they were all built at just about the turn of the century because there was this sort of revival mm-hmm. happening in Wales that these people all had come to faith and didn't want to go to the church. They wanted to go to the Chapel. chapel. Oh, I definitely feel like a Welsh chapel tour is in our future. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so the tune is called Ebenezer, but you know, a lot of people call it by another name. Mm-hmm. There's this weird story, almost like a myth, right? that the tune, when it was written, it sort of traveled. People were humming it. And it was before anybody really saw the music. It was just on people's minds and people were humming it and whistling it. Right. Which, it's kind of interesting because we said at the beginning of the episode, there is something kind of memorable about it. Nobody really knew where it came from. So this story emerged that it was a tune in a bottle. (laughs) That coming off the ship, you know, there was a bottle found um, on the beach and inside, like instead of a message, (laughs) it was the music of the tune. Right. And so for many years... The tune was known as tune in a bottle. And of course, in Welsh, I'm sure it sounds really fancy. <laughs> really fancy. <laughs> but it was basically tune in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who still refer it to that. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's definitely accepted as being TJ's tune called <laughs> Ebenezer. <laughs> it is not tune in a bottle. Yeah. So we haven't even sung it. I really want you to hear what we're talking about. Yes. So let us sing There's just the first verse. Okay. With the words, so you can get a feel of the song, and then we're going to talk about the music. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean, in its fullness over me, underneath me, all around me, is the current of thy love, leading onward, leading homeward to the 
thy glorious rest above. I mean, I can kind of see how the tune would stay with you. Yes. And while the guys are like walking around at the train station, I could hear it. Dum, da, 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 dum, Mm -hmm. dum. Mm -hmm. But you wouldn't necessarily think a song in a minor key would be so catchy. Well, something that I was reading about that kind of followed along the words where it starts to talk about ocean. Mm Mm-hmm. Also follows along this story of that it was found in a message in a bottle on right. the beach off of a ship. Mm-hmm. It resembles sea shanties. Oh. Sea shanties. Now, do we all know what sea shanties are? Because they're pretty popular right now. They're popular right now? Okay. So one of us works with teenagers <laughs> and one of us works with younger elementary. So I know as the person who works with high schoolers, that sea shanties are all the rage. Do you know why? I have no idea. Is it come from away? No, that's a good guess, though. They are all over TikTok. What? They are all over TikTok. If you guys aren't on TikTok, just Google popular sea shanty. You will be so surprised how many come up. So I have a pretty popular one, and I'm telling you, it does resemble Oh the Deep Deep Love. There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was the Billy of Tea. Does that sound familiar at all? It doesn't at all. No. It's so funny. So these sea shanties are all over TikTok. And what's really amazing is that accomplished singers are singing them. So they sound beautiful. You think you might open up TikTok and it's just all like silliness things, but really these are good singers. They're singing in harmony. And so people are hearing about them. And what is the point of a sea shanty? Like, why do we even have this classification? Where did these sea shanties come from? Well, they were sung on ships and they usually had a very steady rhythm and they would sing the shanty and do their work. So they would hoist the sail right. and they would st- stick with the rhythm. Yeah. And that's what would keep them all working together. They would sing these shanty songs. And I just can't help but think that it does sound like Oh the Deep. Oh the deep, deep love of Jesus. And so... What if, what does Oh the Deep Deep Love and a Sea Shanty have in common? They're both pretty rhythmic. And guess what? They're both pretty catchy. Yeah. So, of course, people were going to start humming this tune. Just the way we started humming Sea Shanties. Mm-hmm. Because it's memorable. It's easy. You can hear it. You can feel it. Now, obviously, this hymn tune is catchy and people are singing it. But do you know where it is most often sung in Wales? I mean, don't tell me like a rugby match. What? <laughs> I can't believe you got that. I feel like we talked about that with Guide Me, Oh Thou Great Jehovah. Same thing, Carrie. What? There is a huge tradition of singing at the rugby games, and they sing hymns. So there is a whole group of people who sing, Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, and they may not be Christian. They may not even know who Jesus is, and they sing this hymn at the rugby matches. With, like, Samuel's words, Oh, the deep, deep love. Yep. Now, we talked about this with the Welch Music Festival when we talked about Guide Me, Oh Thou Great Jehovah. Do you remember the name of it, Yeah, it was the Come and Fargany. (laughs) Come and Fargany. Come on. I can't do it. 
Come and Fargany. Come and Fargany is a festival of sacred songs. They are singing in four-part harmonies. It's mm. usually directed by a musician, a, most often a church musician. And these people are still, to this day, singing this hymn. I mean, it's kind of like a giant hymn fest. It sounds like we need to go there. We definitely need to go. Now, the Welsh people have a huge tradition of singing. I mean, yeah. it almost feels like we should live there. They say that the congregational involvement in singing would knock you over. They are singing in their churches. They're singing in their chapels. They're singing in their rugby games. And they're not just singing. They're like singing in harmony. Mm -hmm. And it sounds beautiful. Now, there's a joke that I read that I think is so funny. It's definitely one of those jokes that, like, you had to be there and you have to know a little bit about the country. Okay. But there's a joke of how the gospel was accepted in the British Isles. How did missionaries bring the gospel to the British Isles and how did they listen? Well, it says that the English heard that it was something to argue about. The Irish <laughs> heard that it was something to fight about. The Welsh heard that it was something to sing about. Oh. And the Scots heard that grace was free. <laughs> I hope I didn't infect. I hope I didn't offend any Scots people I, here. What does that mean? Like, do, do they just want anything free? The Scottish people. I mean, they just say that they. I read that the joke has been going around for so long, you know, and maybe it is offensive to Scottish people. <laughs> But I love that the Welsh are just known for wanting to sing about right. everything. I know. It's I so feel good. like we should be part Welsh. Yes. And we're not. <laughs> Definitely not. So the music is actually so common. I mean, we it could even be called like a Welsh folk tune, but it's not. It's just that it's so common there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's on his gravestone. Yes. They actually inscribed the music, like the staff, the five lines, right. and they have the first phrase inscribed on the tombstone. I love that. I know. I would love to see that tombstone. That right. would be so interesting to see. That's on our Welsh tour, Kelly. Yeah. And we could do like a grave rubbing. <laughs> do we ever do that? Do people yeah, do that? Of yeah, of course. It would be music. Yeah. So obviously that's the most common tune. But of course, mm. in our research, I found something else. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. The tune was made popular in a song sung by Cat Stevens in 1971. <laughs> Fun fact here. Does anyone know the song by Cat Stevens in 1971 that is found in a lot of hymnals and has the Boonessen tune? Mm -hmm. It is Morning, Morning Has, has broken. broken. So I just had to see what Oh the Deep Deep Love sounds like to this Cat Stevens tune. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna sing for you the third verse. But actually, the tune is so much shorter. Right. So it's not even the entire verse. Right. It's just a little snippet of it. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, love of every, love the best, tis an of blessing tis a haven sweet of rest I mean it's pretty but it's a completely different feel 
And it's kind of like what Kate was saying, that it's not about, like, it's not pithy. It's not just a cute little song about mm-hmm. Jesus loving us. It's like a weighty, deep song right. of Jesus loving us. So I just have to think what the inspiration was. Yeah. I mean, besides Samuel having this, you know, possible life-altering, you know, journey that night on the on the bridge. Right, of course. Um, he also had to take in inspiration from the Bible. What does the Bible <laughs> say? I, I mean, if you Googled Bible verses about love, how many would come up? So many. I mean, I have so many. Well, like, what's one that you could just do off the top of your head? Well, I mean, for God so loved the world. Right. John three sixteen. Yes. For, for God, God so, so loved, loved the world, world that he gave, that he gave his, his one, one and only son, son that, that whoever, whoever believes, believes in him, him Will, will not, not perish, perish but, but have, have eternal, eternal life. life. Of course, I mean a lot of people could say that from memory, mm-hmm. just like we just did. I mean, I think of Romans five eight. God shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, mm-hmm. Christ, Christ died, died for, for us. us. God shows His love for us. And what about another one that's that we say all the time? Greater, Greater love has, has no one than this that, that someone lay down his life for his friends. friends. So that's John 15, 13. Mm-hmm. You can Google God's love, Jesus's love, and find so many passages. Mm-hmm. And you probably don't even have to Google it. You probably know them by heart. Right. But one passage that I, I think had to have been the inspiration for this mm-hmm. is Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. Mm-hmm. Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I mean, the breadth and length and height and depth of God's love, it's as deep as the ocean. I mean, it's just so vast. That's what that scripture is saying. And, and that's exactly what Samuel was saying. Yeah. This beautiful, wonderful, amazing love. Do you want to hear this version from Indelible Grace, Garrett? Yes. Let's do it. They're going to love it. Yeah. And remember, these people are friends with Kate Whitley. I know, which we didn't even know that. No. What yeah. a fun connection. Yeah. All right. Enjoy Indelible, Indelible Grace. Grace. Oh, oh, the deep, deep, deep love of, of Jesus. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus.
This is why we can't let hymns just get forgotten. Right. Because they are still relevant today. Yeah. They are still beautiful. I hope that you, if, if you didn't sing along, that you just really worshipped along. Even just listening to it made you meditate and reflect on the love of God. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. And music can do that in a way that words can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so before we go, mm-hmm. we're ending with our newest feature and that's our hymn take Mm -hmm. what is the thing that just really resonates with you that you're going to take away from this episode i think so much of the language is amazing right but i actually want to share like the verse that we didn't get to share (laughs) so we know that samuel francis wrote eight verses right so i would i think the takeaway is one of the verses that we haven't even heard yet right okay let's hear it then all right this is what samuel francis writes in the poem Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, none can tell the reason why he descended from his glory, came to earth to bleed and die. I, a wrecked and ruined creature, sinful, helpless, all defiled, but the love of God in Jesus made me God's beloved child. Oh, yeah. I just love that. That's an awesome hymn take. And you know what? There's no way we could have had a twin him take today because I didn't see those right. additional words. I mean, all eight of them are really good and right. we'll, we'll share it on our social media. Yeah, we media. want you to see them. Yeah, but that verse, I just love thinking about, you know, he didn't have to come. Right. Why did he? Well, that's so funny because my him take is a similar theme. Okay, what's yours? So mine is the middle of verse two. Mm-hmm. It says, um, he watches or his loved ones. So He's watching over us. I mean, we're not a lost cause. We're not forgotten by him because of our sin. He still watches over us. And then the next line, he died to call them all his own. Mm -hmm. Why did he die? So that we could be called his own. Right. So see how it is kind of similar. I know. So maybe it was a twin thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, tell us your favorite hymn take. Yes, we want to hear from you. Yep, hashtag hymn takes. Don't forget to enter our contest so that you can win Kate's awesome cards. Yeah. And please check her out, littlethingsstudio.com. Yep. We'll have all the information on our social media. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening for this awesome first episode of season four. Happy season four. Yep. Thanks for being here on this hymn journey with us. And we'll see you next time on Hymn Talk Talk, Twin Twin Talk. Talk.